Welcome to You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. Okay, I got this first story, not because I'm a fan of underwears, but because I was raised Mormon, and it has to do with Mormon underwear. Are you guys right. familiar with the ma- magical undergarments? That's the literal term in the Book of Mormon. I am I am familiar with mormonboys.com, the porn site. And I, do, <laughs> I do believe they've worn this. Uh, it is yes, a big, it's a staple videos, yeah. of their porn. Yes, this, this Can you underwear. explain it? Well, the underwear, I mean, it's it's complicated, complicated and convoluted, but mm-hmm. in general, it is meant every Mormon kid gets the story about how this man or person who was in a fire at his house or something, and he had his magical, mm-hmm. his undergarments on, and he was mm-hmm. spared burns because he wore his underwear. This is like your Santa and, Claus, uh, right? Yeah. No, no, well, this was just, this literally is like, the, the, that's sort of the story of like why you should wear these. And it's almost, uh, it's it's very, I mean, it's, 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 it's within a lot of like religious cultures, Jewish cultures with, you know, wearing yeah. the kippah or like the different garments, the things that we wear in order to represent our faith. And that mm. is in general, in a nutshell, what this is and to be mm-hmm. respectful about it. And that said, there was a man Name uh, Jake Jacob, who he's a he's a frontline worker. He's a nurse. We must applaud mm-hmm. our healthcare <laughs> right, workers out right. there. Um, but he had a post that went viral uh, that said <laughs> that he was shedding. Why he posts his slutty pictures is because he um, was not slutty. I don't mean that. Why he's posting his his body body pictures? Yes, mm-hmm. um, because he, he he finally is celebrating his body after years of hiding it because mm. of Mormon sort of shaming of your bodies, which is a very real thing. I mean, in Mormon culture, you're supposed to stay dressed and, you know, you don't show, you don't. my mom famously loved her little mini skirts when she was in the <laughs> 70s and she got in so much trouble for her skirts because- Yeah, you could see the underwear? Like, she, well, yeah, she, when you're not, well, not, she didn't wear the underwear. The thing with the underwear is, <laughs> Some groups believe in that everyone needs to be wearing it. Other groups believe that only married couples should wear it as a sort of oh. a bond of, of, of you know, oh. being married to each other. So there's lots huh. of back and forth. Like my grandma and grandpa wore the underwear, but my grandpa famously god. didn't wear it a lot because it was annoying because it was like a one piece thing. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, so well, he wouldn't obsessed. wear it a lot. But a lot of times kids don't wear it. So there's a back and forth with the mm-hmm. debate over the underwear. That said, this man wore, had to wear his Mormon underwear. And and there is a lot of shaming around Mormon bodies where you don't show any body parts. And so he is celebrating 12 years later after leaving the Mormon faith, why he loves showing off <laughs> his body. Um, yeah. Which I, listen, I am all about being naked. I just think you don't need to like create a narrative for why you're naked. Just be naked. Like just post the slutty picture. Just be, be thirsty. I'm all, I love a thirst trap. I know you do. (laughs) I just wish people could just say it's because I want people to see this and that's okay. That is okay. I just, I just love, I love whenever like, you know, whenever something goes viral, Elliot will find something that like, you know, in the new, in the gay news that like went viral and there's always like some ridiculous quote reason why it went viral where they're like, Oh, it's actually about shedding uh, his religious oppression. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, it's about the fact that this like ridiculous guy is in, you know, 
very atypical shape for what a 39 year old, whatever he is. Like yeah. he looks older, he's in phenomenal shape. And you're like, that's why it went viral. It's not about, not about Mormon underwear, you fucking idiot, queer well, or whatever the fuck, whoever posted this. And, and in his, and in his caption, he wrote that, that part of why he, um, and also he had to preface this, why he was hairless in one of the pictures. Oh, it's went so viral, funny. Which I, I forget the exact quote. It says something about, um that that well basically that he decided to stop wearing it because you know 12 years ago he was feeling shamed and so he would say things like uh let me find the quote here i'm sorry guys i completely (laughs) lost the quote now Um, uh is it it's been 12 years since i decided to stop wearing them and that it made no sense why he would wear them 12 years ago because of having sex with men which is a mortal sin in the mormon church and he was having lots of sex with men and so yeah don't wear the mormon underwear if you're not Mormon. Like, by the way, I mean, look, it's also it's 12 a, years ago. <laughs> There's also, he's, it's also a picture. I'm looking at the picture right now. It's of him not facing the camera. He's facing a window. So he's mm-hmm. turned around from the camera, but of course his, he's wearing white underwear so that his butt is, you know, visible and shapely. Yeah. <laughs> so to, again, so to see the picture and to be like, okay, like he, he looks like, you know, he's, he looks, attractive and he's clearly he's she wants us to see his butt mm-hmm. yeah but then to see a, a like a a litter a littering of like garbage verbiage underneath yeah. it yeah. and to be like yeah if you write anything except please masturbate to this then i right. have then i'm already like dude come on well come on, what man. what he did yeah. write was that he explained how the act of taking off what he called the magic underwear and slipping naked between sheets uh, of his bed was life altering, life altering, physically, yeah. m- uh, emotionally, and spiritually. <laughs> and for anybody- I was obsessed yeah. with that. I'm sorry, I was obsessed with that because I, like, look, I, we've all slept naked. We've all slept naked before. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that's. I'm, I, I can assume Elliot's done that since like kindergarten. But like, but it's <laughs> when so he first funny. hooked up. When he first, hooked yeah, up. of course. Yeah. But it's so funny to think of like describing that as life altering. And life-altering. I can understand like, you know, if there's some religious paraphernalia, of course, uh, you know, garments that like oppress you, I can understand how it might be a little bit more intense than what, when I try it, yeah. but like, it's just so goofy to be like, I mean, that was life altering. I'm fine. I'm fine with, and I get it. I get it. Just, you know, as a former Mormon myself, I get the, uh, I get the, the need to sort of, there is sort of sometimes a night and day experience with certain activities or certain ways that we live our life because within certain religious groups, certain things are very yeah. strict. And right. sure, that's great. I don't think necessarily now the pictures you're posting are necessarily because exactly. of this life-altering experience. It's more right, of right. a way to shape a narrative around how you want to get these pictures more popular. Exactly, thank and, you. Yes. And so that to me, I call bullshit. That said, I don't call bullshit on thirst traps or posting naked pictures. Please, by all means, show your dick, show your booty. I want to see it all. That said, don't say it's because you wore Mormon underwear. It's because you want us to see your booty and dick. And I will press like. I I honestly am like, you know what? I I give up. I don't, I no longer care about thirstiness online because I have fully accepted the fact that Instagram is, it is by all accounts, a dating app, a sex thing. It's yeah. it's for you basically it's for it's for you to basically be a model no matter what you look like you it's know fine it's it's, and it's actually fine. good it's I, but fine I, but so I'm less annoyed now when there's sort of a um 
I'm less. I guess I would just be. It's. It doesn't. This doesn't annoy me that much. It, mm-hmm. Like it. Like it might have a year or two ago. But at, like Brent said, it's still just so funny when you know that at at, a, at we're all at a point where we can just just fuck fuck the artifice. Just right. just be just, right. Just do it. Just because post then, the underwear picture and don't face the camera. Shape your butts just so and let it be. You don't have to. Because like, when you, you use know, the, the but thing. I mean, I think the thing that bothers all of us is when you use the artifice for whatever reasons, be it a social cause, be it a past trauma, be it whatever you want to use the artifice for, you're then co-opting a narrative of people who are actively struggling with whatever artifice you're trying to use. So like, you're in a weird way, I feel like you're co-opting mm-hmm. you know, people's experience and then forcing this other narrative on it, which is just like self-aggrandizing, is that, did I say that right? I'm yeah, really self-aggrandizing, sleepy. yeah. Um, and and you're just being, you're, it's all about vanity and then you twist it and it's like, it takes away the value of people who are genuinely going through an experience, which is really hard of Mormons the leaving the Mormon yeah. faith, which I get, like from the movie Latter-day Jew, I get so many people messaging me about, you know, leave, growing up queer mm-hmm. and then having to go into a different faith or go in a different direction or how faith is a really important thing to them. And I value that because faith is an important thing to so many people. And it's like, it devalues it by when you make it about something other than what it actually is. Like this guy turning it into a sex thing or a body thing, yeah. which is great, fine, celebrate your body, but just don't take away from the stories of people actually struggling right now. That's it's all. just yeah it's just i mean that's that it just doesn't ring i i, I ap- applaud his journey totally. but it just doesn't ring earnest when the <laughs> yeah. picture doesn't match the litany of words that come yeah. with it because yeah ultimately it's just like it's just you don't there's no need to pretend as though you're reaching out to people it's like no yeah. you just yeah. want people to be like can i put my penis in your butt can i kiss yeah. your butt you know and that's but you fine. know what with that said, I, I have a feeling after we finish recording this segment, Elliot's going to warm up his nipple clamps and look oh at that God. picture one more time. <laughs> and I hope Jesus. you post a picture while you do it. <laughs> Not even joking. Hey guys, H. Allen here. So I need to let you know something, and I'm doing it because Elliot's tied up literally with nipple clamps firmly attached, and Brent is obsessively researching a Supreme Court decision from 1946. So I am the one to tell you that our chat today with our amazing guests, Kara Klink and Lisa Traeger, was actually recorded about a month ago before their amazing podcast, That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast, premiered. So when we mention that it premieres on December 8th, 2020, just know that you, dear listener, can actually go listen to it right now. Well, after you finish listening to us, of course. Okay, that's it. I gotta go unhook Elliot. Bye. Namaste. We're here with Lisa Traeger and Kara Clank, our friends and former, former guests, guests of the friends of the yes. pod, Welcome, guys. friends of each friends other, of the and they're back. So excited mm-hmm. to be back. And longtime friends of yes. ours, which is so exciting. <clears throat> yes. yes. And you guys are here because you just launched a new podcast. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Well, the trailer has Whoa. officially dropped. Um, okay. The excuse me, excuse me. The trailer has dropped, um, and the first episode comes out December eighth, and then and that's a Tuesday, and it'll be on. And Tuesdays. didn't like the trailer so trend or something? Like it was high on the charts. You posted about that, and I yeah, got the really trailer excited. got on the charts, which was exciting. Yeah, we were number thirty four, and Michelle Obama was number thirty six. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> there's and we, yes, you can. It's only off a trailer. I mean, I hope when the episodes come out, people like yeah. that too. Yeah. But, well, tell us yeah. what it's all about. 
So it's um so essentially it's like a true crime podcast through the lens of Law and Order SVU. Like we're both like huge SVU super so fans. So when am I a guest? So Let's like, just start with that. When am I a guest? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we we're, we're mostly interviewing people from the show. That's part of the podcast. So basically, we we review an episode. We like recap an episode. Then we take you through the true crime that the episode was based on. And then we interview somebody who was on the episode. But like we might not always, always be yeah. able to get people right. that were on the episode. Or we might just sometimes want to have on some friends that are like super fans. So it's a possibility. It's well. about your but on the list. Our guests are insane. Like if you're, it's pretty thrilling. But during COVID, everyone is desperate for attention. Even people who yeah. won Oscars. <laughs> so it's uh, it's exciting that people were Now I'm really to eager to, to know who that Oscar winner is that was desperate to do the podcast. Was it Dench on the podcast? She's won an Emmy for Long Order, I think. She's, but she's re- original recipe. I don't think she's been on SVU. Oh, do you only Our do SVU? Our podcast is specific to SVU. Oh, because yeah. you got that Christopher Maloney, Maloney man meat you're yeah. after, right? Like you want Yeah, that. well, yes. and we also worship Marishka. Oh, oh well, right. Hargitay, should... right? And rem- yeah. Yeah. And remember last year, this is my favorite thing that's ever happened. Ice-T had never eaten a bagel before, and it was the biggest yes. news ever. <laughs> and I love that. Isn't he from too. New York? He's just never had a bagel wow. until the show. Are you <laughs> last year? God. They made him eat it on set, and he was like, "Living." Not about to harp it. on. Oh my god! Not to harp on a subject that that um is sort of not. It's not irrelevant because I feel like our listeners are very much in tune to Christopher Maloney. Um, yes. What are you trying to get him on the podcast? And will you ask him about his time on Oz? That's a personal okay. request. Lisa yes. for sure yeah. will. <laughs> I loved Oz, and we actually have another Oz person that we mm. have talked to already. So that was really exciting. But yeah, we're gonna ask about his dick and being Thank nude you. and That's doing. Because Alan Brent, I don't know if you like. I don't know if you know that. Uh, I, I, Brent, were you a fan of Oz? I don't want to. I, I didn't. I didn't watch you're it. Not. Okay, but but Christopher, I watched it and it scared me, and I Christop- stopped watching. But in popular culture, Christopher Maloney is known for having publicly spread his ass cheeks on a television show, oh. and it is the it is the. Gift, I didn't right? even know that. Oh my god! That. I'll text it to you right after uh, yeah. this. The way, even so I just I add that the podcast is called That's Messed Up. Mm-hmm. Yes. The name of the podcast. Yeah, the podcast right. is That's called messed That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. And it's based off of um, in like seasons two through 10. I, I, that's like Ice T used to say that oh all the time, God. and like that's messed up. it's just funny because like everything's fucking messed up. Yeah. in Special victims, yeah. of course. And he'd, <laughs> like he would gather a piece of information and then he'd go, "So you're telling me X Y Z," and then he right. like, "That's messed right. up." So like God. that's kind of like that's where it comes great. from. Um, but, no, but I just googled Christopher Maloney shirtless, and it was really immediately. Like, huh. yes, oh my God, um, yeah. I, mean, I had no idea. How did you yeah, not so know? obviously our goal. Our goal for down the line is like Mariska, Ice T, Chris Maloney, but like yeah. we're starting off, you know, we have a lot of guests that are like people that you would definitely recognize yeah. if you saw them, but you don't necessarily like the name recognition might not be there. It's like a lot of like really talented character yeah. actors and oh. stuff like that. Yeah, How, you go on their IMDb and they have 110 credits. Yeah, like, yeah. right. New York yeah. actors. What what is the difference between Law and Order and SVU? Oh, and there's criminal Elliot. Yeah. No. I don't know. I don't and know. There's been a bunch of other. Law and Order is just about like crime in New York. SVU is 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 sexually based offenses, but so it's mostly oh, crimes against women you. and children. I know. And there's a new <laughs> one coming out too. <laughs> that Christopher Maloney. Well, no, there's there, there's plenty of men. Like there's a lot. They deal with a lot with the LGBT mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of like crime. There's elderly rape and abuse. 
incest. I, and you learn a lot from the show, like new diseases you didn't know about, mental stuff. You learn yeah, just, um, a lot. And I learned that incest is yeah. not um, a crime if you're over the age and of 18. And what is, what is there, how is their depiction of pansexuals? Is it positive? Are they in a positive light? Is it negative? <laughs> well, they're kind of the queens and kings of like, doing expository as casual yeah. conversation. So Ice-T will not understand something right. or they'll argue right. about abortion rights, you know? Or yeah. B.D. Wong will be like, they'll be like, who would do that? And then B.D. Wong's like, well, he licked, you know, little toy cars and now he has a disease because the yeah, lead yeah, went yeah, to his right. brain. And you're like- I need to back up a second. Incest isn't against the law if yeah, you're not- Yeah, I, Brent, Brent, Brent just- <laughs> I know, I know. Excuse it's not me. against- <laughs> If you're over 18, Brent had to get to the joke. Let's be oh. real. Um, but if you're over 18, it's not against the law. How is no. that possible? Well, how can they, like, if you're two 25-year-old sister brothers and you want to fuck, what are they? Yeah, like, who goes to jail for that, both of you? Wow. Like, yeah. Wait, so I, think Kara, no I never really thought about incest, that. It sounds like Kara and Lisa. Yeah. Really <laughs> this, is, this is probably going to make yeah. headlines. Yeah. You know what? You're the one that's obsessed with my brother, I don't Brent. I recall ever being obsessed with your brother. <laughs> <laughs> You're always like, yeah, yeah, there's, there's also a new. Brother. I met your brother. He's a great guy. <laughs> there's a new. No, I don't mean that you're obsessed <laughs> with him sexually. <laughs> And there's actually going to be a new spin-off. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that one is organized crime. Mm -hmm. So that one's long. And so criminal intent, I don't know, Lisa, correct me if I'm wrong, but criminal intent is kind of more about like fucked up, like mastermind, like Mm -hmm. sort of getting inside Mm -hmm. the criminal's mind. I'm not into that one. I think I've barely ever Mm -hmm. seen one episode of it. Law and Order regular, I used to watch all the time, and then I got into SVU, and now SVU. SVU is the one that's yeah. always on USA now. Yeah. Like, Law- but they decided there weren't enough crimes against like, like not non not white men <laughs> okay. enough on Law and Order. They were like, we need we, a we, we, we need a spinoff. We need a spinoff. Yeah, right. They're, and now and... it's the only one that exists. I mean, um, the other two have been. Criminal intent's been canceled, yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And Law and Order Original Recipe's been canceled for a Original years, Recipe? So. But, but... That... <laughs> I just call it that. <laughs> Does that mean that Mariska and Chris were on Law and Order and now they're no. exclusively on SVU? No, they were hired oh, for SVU. Yeah. Oh. And she's been on the so show on... the longest. She's been on the show all 20 years or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 22, it just yeah. started its 22nd it's season. Almost, it's almost oh like a soap God. opera in a weird way. I remember watching, did you guys ever get into NYPD Blue? Yeah. Yeah, not really. You were just in it for Dennis Franz. I met the reason I got into that was I we were in Brooklyn as a family like when I was a kid and Dennis and they were shooting and I met Dennis Franz and he was very nice. Wow. (laughs) Well, so that's the thing like with Law and Order, lifelong fan. I remember living in New York. Law and Order, like for me at least, whenever I was there, they every single character actor was on Law and Order at some point. Everyone, every actor you would meet, you would be like, oh yeah, you were on Law and Order. It almost was a joke, right? Remember and we, then there... the reputation, though, is so nice now where it's like Robin Williams was in an episode. Mm-hmm. Like, they right. get Carol Burnett. Mm-hmm. Like, they get... She played um, an aunt who was fucking her nephew mm-hmm. who was Matthew Lillard. And oh, that my was God. Mm-hmm. But homicide detectives always come on SVU, and that's the whole thing. It's like, it's live victims. Mm-hmm. It's the only show with, like... Wait, yeah, so like, how are... It makes it harder to watch. Of, like, dead people. How are you live covering... Wait, wait, sorry. Live victims mean, like... Ripped from the headlines? No, no, like people who have survived mm. their attack. Yeah. Oh, God. Got Not it. always. There's plenty of dead people at SVU, but there God. are also a lot of live <laughs> <Wait>. victims. That's <laughs> what makes it really kind of gripping and hard to watch at times and like more emotional is you, these actors yeah. have to 
they have to fucking act. You know, they're in there and they're crying and it's really Wait, good so acting. how do you yeah. Because you said there's like you you do the episode you recap the episode but then you talk about like the actual crime that it's based on. How are you? Yeah, like, so handling we jump all that? over. Well, that's another reason it's called that's messed up. The crimes are mm. so fucked up, and the my favorite. So Karen and I, we recorded a bunch of these episodes, and halfway through, I got a note saying, um, "You don't have to give every <laughs> detail of the crime." <laughs> Uh, I had to learn that. Yeah. The one that got everyone over the edge was I said, like, someone was trying to slit someone's throat, but the knife wasn't sharp enough. And they were like, <laughs> they were like, Lisa. <laughs> but I so can, we're, we're trying to just be uh, yeah. sensitive. I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of true crime podcasts out there where, I mean, I've listened to some true crime podcasts that are extremely popular where the host sounds like they're having like a like oh, getting are, off. Are you on talking, talking about sword about and scale? It? Because and that's like, it's literally like it's, yes, I'm talking one of my about least favorite scale. things about these podcasts. That one in particular is that he always does this. He always pays lip service to the fact that uh, that he doesn't want to talk about these things. He'll be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry to have to tell you this, and uh, it it disturbs me. It, it, all, all of my waking moments are disturbed by these details." But here you go. His head was cut off and he was, his neck was fucked. And you're just like, you don't have to tell me all these crazy things. You can just like, yeah, <laughs> he just sound he, and I heard he got me too. Like, I don't know. If yeah, he's not keep recording. In, but... He's not recording anymore. The show, I think like a lot of the fan base now has shifted to like the other, the biggest true crime podcast out there. Crime, crime junkie, crime junkies mm. with the two female hosts. Do you wow. know that one? Well, I would, I my, would, my favorite wait, murder. I would say well, my, yes, favorite my favorite murder, murder but crime junkie, racing my favorite murder, you're anti, but, but my favorite murder <laughs> technically is a comedy podcast. Oh, curveball. Even like in terms of listing. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, interesting. They're in the true crime category. That's true. They are true crime. We are they on are their network crime. and we love them. Yes, we dearly. love them, they Georgia. They're our patron saints. Yes, true. True. Um, no, it's definitely you want to be as respectful as possible and do the research. And like a lot of these very brave, badass people, and then a lot of you yeah. Cops fuck yeah. up a lot. It's a lot of gray area. It's a lot of difficult topics. And we also want to be, you know, we're two white girls and there's going to be crimes that yeah. are out of our expertise and what we ex- like, what we deal with in the world. So there mm-hmm. is a lot of growing and like knowledge. Yeah. How, a lot of research. How blue lives matter would you say the audience for Law and Order is? Oh. You know, I think that it's probably not as much as you think. I mean, I do think they have a very broad audience, but they're definitely this season. They started out. They started the season with a Black Lives Matter episode, basically, like a full. There there is like cultural commentary inside of it. Yes. Like and now and actually the second episode just happened and they addressed it again. They were like, people are just looking at the cops differently right now. Mm. Like they're having a lot of like back and forth about like you know, everybody's got us under a microscope, everything we do right now. So it's like, you know, I think that they wouldn't have made those efforts if they thought they would like lose a huge yeah. chunk of their fan base. And yeah. it's a, it's a, I would say it's a pretty female fan base. Like, oh. I definitely think there's a mm-hmm. lot of dudes that listen, mm-hmm. but, or I watch, but I mean, so far we've even noticed of like our followers that we've received so far. Yeah. It's like a lot true of crime women. is and, very female. Yeah. Like the, that's yeah. The yeah. True crime is very female and SVU is very female because I feel like it's like, it's like we're watching like the things that we're all terrified yeah. about happening. To I actually, us. I just looked you up, know? I just looked up stats, uh, yeah. the ratings stats for SVU. And it looks like it is, um, the viewership is 101% women. So, all right. 
<laughs> more than I had anticipated. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the thing is, like, uh, like the SVU detectives are better than the other cops, and we meet other cops in the show that are like, "Oh, great, the kitty police are like right. she was lying, that whore," yeah, and so right. they kind of show us the hierarchy, the, like. New York cops, and then they show us yeah. these beautiful cops. But I have read that back in the day, it was like prosecutors were evil, and now because of these shows, people think defense attorneys are awful when a mm. lot of them are great. And they also do break the rules all the time, and you're like, you can't do that. But then sometimes you're like, yeah, yeah. Fucking hit him. you know, so it's, tough. <laughs> like, right. it's it's definitely layered, and uh, that's tough. like that's how I watch like the Good Fight where I'm very aware this is like very mm. erudite, highbrow cultural commentary about the world at large with like DAs and attorneys and AG, mm-hmm. whatever AGs, but I can never keep track of who is who and who does what. So I'm just like, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Agree. Well, I don't my know favorite. Uh, my favorite is when they need the lawyer to sign something. They have to, I mean, the judge. So they go to the judge's house in the middle of the yeah, night and, they right. and the judge is like in a robe. <laughs> <laughs> I Wait, love so when is they this have like, like for me, like I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast before, like I'm always like keeping an eye out for the killer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm, I'm like very much aware of like when it's going to happen to me, if it's going to happen to me, like mm-hmm. I'm ready yeah. for it. Do you guys feel like in watching these episodes and recapping them that you're like more prepared if the killer comes to you someday? Yes. Wait, <laughs> Wait let, let me let me add let me add let me add something here. I feel like, and I think you kind of you might have said something like this. You, Alan's asking basically if watching SVU um, so you know uh, relentlessly gives you the feeling that you'll be safe when and if um, you are attacked. But my Not question safe. is, safe. I feel like it's given me a lot sure. of tips. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Or I'm more suspicious. But I also volunteered at a sexual assault response center once. And like, and no matter what, if anyone calls when I was working, like, hey, is Susie there? You never tell them if Susie mm-hmm. is there. You know, like, right. you, it's like being suspicious. But yesterday I was walking my sister's dog and there was a guy. And outside of the stairs to his basement was like this big mirror <clears> thing <throat> to see who's coming. And the dog stopped and stared at him for a while. And I was like, that's a killer. Uh, like, yeah, I the dogs know. always know. Yeah. So I think it's... I thought I feel like I've become more suspicious, aware tips, like what I would do, what yeah. the drinks like what the drinks, yeah. especially like I mean, there's there's like a lot of information about what happens if you are assaulted, you know, like I, I'm not saying you have to go to the police, but if you go to the police, it's like don't shower, keep your clothes mm. like, you know, like there's all these like things that you learn from that show. And, and there's like a lot of um, we like just talked about one of our episodes like the cops can't arrest you if they come to your house, if they don't have a warrant, but if you step outside your house, they can. Mm. So like in one episode, they were like, Hey, um, they want to give you an award. The police want to give you an award for what you did. Cause you just step outside for a second and he steps outside of his house mm. and they arrest him. Oh and my like God. his dad is in the background going, don't go outside. Yeah. Like, so mm. if you know, it's like, now, you yeah. know that, you know, like, and the, don't- well, the- the number one lesson is don't talk to the cops. Yeah. And let, like, <laughs> if you're accused of anything, it's lawyer and yep. you shut up. Like, yeah, they like will when they're like, you. I have nothing to hide. I can talk without a lawyer. No, never, <laughs> never. Don't ever fucking do that. Yeah. I think something that's so cr- that's so um, crudely masculine and like truly like toxically masculine is the idea both on these shows and in real life that a guy could have the capacity to say about a woman who's been assaulted or raped, like, why didn't you go to the police? Like, why didn't you wait? Why didn't, or like, why did you not go to the police? Why did you shower? And like, yeah. the audacity of like questioning 
her actions mm-hmm. in such a horrific moment is always oh, they, it's all the time they're yeah. like why didn't you scream why didn't you what? fight back yeah. well, i mean insane. there's all kinds of things like that or like stockholm syndrome like a lot of people don't understand if you don't escape from your captors when you've had opportunities right. to right. like the mental games yeah. and one forensic um psychologist or was it the prosecutor i think it was the prosecutor of one of the cases she's like we're expecting people to act normal who have been through not mm-hmm. normal right. things exactly like, how do you put all that pressure yeah. on somebody but I got, I got attacked in New York and it was like this weird situation and I didn't go to the cops because to get to trick him to leave me alone I gave him my number oh. and in that moment I was like oh they're never gonna believe it I'm just not yeah what am I because oh. then someone jerked not jerked off spied on me on a ladder in my bedroom window because he wasn't jerking off or videotaping there was no crime um. so like it's just tough yeah. sometimes and this show that's why it's such a fantasy and it is really hard because I had a friend who got assaulted, went to the cops, and they're like, you're wearing a bathing suit. No one cares. Like, no one mm-hmm. will believe you. Oh, and even crazy. I read Post Secret every Sunday. It's my thing I've been doing since high school. And today, one of today's secrets was what hurts more is after I got a, raped, the, that the cops didn't believe me than the oh, rape hmm. itself. Like, it happens all the time. And that's why we're so I'm so drawn to Olivia and Elliot and these people <clears> that go <throat> out of their way yeah. to solve these crimes because it's really not the amount of cert that's not what mm-hmm. a lot of victims get mm-hmm. yeah it's like a, it's, it's definitely a fantasy because like sometimes the victim doesn't even want to press charges and olivia will be like i'm still gonna work this case so you're like like that just no mm-hmm. cop would do that mm-hmm. you know what yeah. i mean like but that's so, the best part of those, those shows like when they heroine. take yeah they take it into their own hands yeah yeah i found a, a show randomly on netflix called the sinner that was on USA that I don't think I anybody watched. 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 Oh, you did? I watched a few episodes. I think there's a third season that I didn't watch, but I watched yeah. the Jessica Beale season oh, and get I watched your the ego. cult season. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> but I loved it because it's like it's so it's so silly because the the detective at the center of it inserts himself into the lives of all of the. It's an anthology, so every season is a different crime. That's mm. a mystery. But Bill Pullman is himself. always there, and Bill Pullman <laughs> is always there, there. Li- limping. Uh, he's got some sort of like gruff beard. Well, going it's all on. that stuff he suffered in Independence Day. He really it. suffered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was Bill Paxton. No? Oh wait, oh that's who, that's who I. No, that's yeah. no. Bill Pullman was in Independence Day. Bill Paxton was in Apollo oh, Thirteen. Right, and it's a di- it's right? a different he person. Died. That's right. It's a different. It's person. a different person. Well, pa- Bill Paxton, R.I.P. Yes, R.I.P. When, when did he, when did he die? But Mar- I think I got heart attack. Whoa. Oh, years ago. Hmm. Yeah, um, Mariska. Oh my God, and- Mariska Hartigan. Oh, sorry, how do you say her name? Hartigan. Her backstory. Her mother was Jane Mansfield. Yes, who yes. was killed in a car accident very violently. And Mariska oh, was in the car yeah. with her. She's a when survivor. When her mother's head was the... chopped off? Yeah. Why isn't that a storyline? I think Come she on. was. I think she was defenestrated. She was only like 34. It's, it's really, really sad. sad. Yeah, very sad. But you know what? Was Jane Mansfield, just to verify, she was like a she was like a bombshell? Yeah. yeah. She, was like the, she was like a hot bombshell. She was like the alternative and to Marilyn would... Monroe. Wow. And you would love it. She used to have a house called the Pink Palace mm-hmm. and it was on Sunset and it's like sunken living rooms and pink like like tubs. It was the most yeah. cool looking house ever. And I guess now it's a part oh, of And like lot, the people, what I love whenever you bring up Jane Mansfield, people like people who know about her are like, you know her IQ was like a hundred and something. Mm-hmm. Like everyone mentions that aspect yeah. of her, which I'm like. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna say something a little controversial. I tr- I've tried watching, I've tried Whoa. watching The Wire on multiple occasions and I just don't, I just don't care that much. I don't think it's that great. I can't get into it I don't it think it's either. that great. 
I've never Thank watched you. it, and I kept. T- I keep. T- I actually had a stand-up joke where I was like, oh, "This is the right. year I'm going to watch The Wire," and I, <laughs> I just never have watched yeah. it. I watched two you. seasons, and I know it gets better and better. And I bet if I end up dating a man, um, I'll watch it with him. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have. I do have a contempt, though. I. It's like, I. I shouldn't have to stomach my way through two seasons, or. 24 hours of something to start liking it. I hate when someone's mm-hmm. like, oh, just yeah. get to the third season. No, make it make it better faster. And I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but things are different. Like, you know, the Simpsons didn't really catch their role until the fourth season. Seinfeld, you don't watch that first season. You know, I understand that. But I also did like the first yeah. two seasons. I mean, it, it's not appalling. I, it. I don't think it's terrible. I just don't think it's like the godlike show that everyone... All of our friends. No, I'm just, I'm really days. sick that Sopranos and The Wire, ah, it's like Veep and Sex in the City are better and I'm sick <laughs> Wait, of it. Like, but, I, but, I mean, because it's the fucking yeah. patriarchy, it sucks. Because we're talking true crime on Netflix, Netflix shows, have you, do you see Mindhunter? Because Brent, you would love Mindhunter. Yes. Yes. Mindhunter I is did. all Mindhunter season so one. Mindhunter is very good. Um, I have a little bit of a problem with the color correction on that oh. show. There's a couple characters that look <laughs> yellow the entire time. Like they truly look like sallow, like Simpsons characters. Oh. And I'm like, you guys did. Th- and it's like the only female character on the show. They did her so dirty. Like she's this gorgeous woman. She plays a lesbian on the show. Like at a time where being a lesbian is like really, mm. really like dangerous. Mm. And like she's in the federal government. Just yellow skin. Like oh. she looks terrible. Yeah. Oh, in that way. Cause I was like, I thought it was one of the best female written characters yeah. ever. She's great. I, she's great. Yeah. They just did her dirty with the color but it's correction. It's such a good show. <laughs> it's such a good show. No, it's great. And the second season, I didn't think really lived up to the first season, but I still enjoyed it. And I think that it's over. I, I don't think they're gonna make I like it that they took because so often like true crime stories, which I think something that you guys are probably talk about on your podcast, is like it's it's all about the white victim. It's all about sort of the white victim. Mm. They're always the media always focuses on them. And in the second season of Mindhunter, they focus on the Atlanta child murderer who had the yes. spree of I yes. mean, I think it was like twenty kids that yeah. were murdered. Yeah, which I read I had read about and is like a really really wild story. And these true crime shows only focus on like the white victims. And so I liked that yeah. second season actually focused on mm-hmm. like, you know, that there's a lot, it's not just white people being murdered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like, they never make a, there, there's never been a movie about the green river killer. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, they probably have been like made for TV movies, but the green river killer is like, I think one of the most prolific serial killers of all time. I believe he has over a hundred yeah. victims, but they are mostly sex workers. <laughs> so like, you just aren't going to get a, you're just not going to get yeah, like this, yeah. you know, story that, you know, is for like remember. movies, I guess. And are you guys forensic files uh, people? Yeah. Wait, yes. well, let me say real quick. I remember watching yeah. something on Investigation Discovery. It was about it was about a trans person of color that went missing in like somewhere like in the south, like North Carolina or something. And I remember so the the episode was devoted to this missing person who I, who I think was murdered ultimately. But at the same time that the the trans person went missing, a a white woman also went missing in this town. And so Mm. there was all of this. And and so the, the, you know, the hour long documentary covered how like two people kind of went missing. They were unrelated, but there was all this press for the white woman who went missing and almost no press for the the trans person of color. And it was actually really surprisingly poignant and moving moment when they interviewed one of the detectives actually starts crying. And he was like, I don't know why He's like, I could, I mean, I think I know why, but I don't know why one person got so much more attention than the other person, but it's, it's, it's just wrong. And it was surprising yeah. to hear that, yeah. you know, 
not to say that all that's something I like about SVU is that SVU does seem to do like especially because it is sex based it often would focus on you know especially the media stories would focus on like the white women who are assaulted and there are it's horrible that that any woman is ever assaulted but SVU I think does a good job of showing that it's not just the white female stories or even the female stories. Mm. It's also male victims. And it's like, there's a whole list of like people who are sexually yeah. assaulted that I think SVU does a really no, good I mean, job. I've showing. learned so much from that show too. Like I, they did a whole episode about the down low, like years <laughs> and years ago. And I didn't even know about that. Like in, in black culture, yeah. like the, you know, keeping your sexuality like under wraps. Like I just didn't even know that was a thing. Like, so yeah. I've like just learned up shit ton from SVU and we're hoping to do the same thing. Like <laughs> uh, we're, we jump around. Mm -hmm. So we're really hoping to kind of like, you know, do vi diverse crimes with like, you yeah. know, diverse characters and get yeah. different. Yeah. yeah, believe it or not, well. Elliot actually wrote a 30 page report on down low culture in third grade. That was a uh, very early on third he was grade, very early third grade uh, in the movement. It was, it was, it was really important to him. So <laughs> before movement. that's before your <laughs> anal white business. <laughs> <laughs> well, Guys, ladies, I have so much to look so up. Much Jane's Manfield, Jane Mansfield, mine, Jane. mine hunter. <laughs> She's beautiful. This has been yeah. so informative. I can't believe this is done. I don't like how quick this it went. went. Very quick. <laughs> yeah, we, we just we keep it oh, short and dirty. Oh, this bitch. oh wow. We love you guys. Yeah. Well, um, if you guys are, if anyone that listens is interested in our pod, it yes. you can get so it on, what's the name on of it Apple, again? Stitcher, Spotify. It's called That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. It, it uh, truly debuts on yep. December 8th. And subscribe and follow us on It's such a great idea. And you guys are so fucking hilarious and fun. You're two yeah. of my favorites. So Thanks. I think it's going to do great. I can't wait to listen. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for being here, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank Thanks you. for Thank having you. us. And another thing. So um, I wanted to ask you dudes, uh, if you've ever had- <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> Ma'am, ma I wanted to ask all you guys if you've ever had what you would consider a gay hair phase. I'm still and in mine. You mm -hmm. are, I mean, and, and it's not, it's, you have an, it's an ongoing phase. I mean, I would say for me, I never really had a gay hair, well, that's not true. I had, in college, I like tried to dye my hair <laughs> like, Wacky I tried to colors. Do, no, right? I mean no. I tried to do a. I tried to do a Mr. Sheffield, um, like ringlet of silver, <laughs> the way he had it in his hair on the nanny. Mr. Uh -huh. Sheffield. <laughs> and my friend completely fucked it up and gave me like a literal like triangle of piss gold. It was so yeah. ugly, yeah. And, and I never came back. But that was the only real gay hair phase that I've had. But Brent did write in for me without me knowing. <laughs> he wrote in on the doc. I should have just read it verbatim. Please. I've dyed my I've dyed my pubes once a week for the last 23 years. Every Sunday at 2 p.m., I power down my phone and computer for the rest of the night. I pop an Adderall, open a bottle of wine, and spend the next 12 to 16 hours painstakingly dyeing each follicle one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and what color I can't imagine. <laughs> um, well, it's a new color every week. You know, I did. So you guys, I've mentioned this briefly before, but I had my phase uh, between junior and senior year of high school. And I, I like, I didn't totally bleach because I did the bleach a little bit. So it was like a lighter brown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just my mushroom top, Ew. which like literally makes me <laughs> oh <my laughs> makes me like lightheaded to think about how horrifying that. In fact, it was my I uh, I had that hair in my senior picture, so my senior picture 
Uh, Can you please take a picture? I want to see. I I will. I will. And and so so that was like and every I do remember like like it was it didn't it wasn't executed great perfectly mm-hmm. but it were feeling this is my this is my coming out like that dramatic <laughs> wow. like you know i feel like like a light brown was like really big at, at that time like yeah. in the aughts sort of like the early aughts mm-hmm. like not it, we kind of phased a little bit past like bleach blonde yeah. and we were kind of going into like a light brown and i just was like this is me saying <laughs> i'm queer get used to it <laughs> and i definitely I've in high school literally did... never done it since guys see in high school i did i I dyed my hair, but it didn't feel queer to me because it was the late, you know, it was the early, late nineties, early aughts. And Long Island is like a, it's like a style uh, dumpster. It's a dumpster of, you know, the style is so hideous. So I had, I did like maroon highlights and blue highlights and shit, but it never felt queer to me. It just felt like timely, which is Mm, sad. It's sad to say. I I actually had to, before you go, Alan, I just want to say, having gone through a breakup recently, I did have my very predictable basic yeah. moment of yeah. deciding whether or not I should dye my hair like a That's crazy right. color but you I do seem to do that it. with every like almost every breakup I've I known you through you, yeah you, and we have a conversation about you changing your hair yeah it's very predictable but let me yeah, just let what me it just is. remind that that's right listening audience you heard that right Elliot is single and ready to tingle Ooh. so <laughs> bust now, a lot about- of those nipple clamps because <laughs> People. What about you, Alan? I like I said, I'm I've always been on a gay hair journey. I think I right. I've, I've embraced the reality of my world that I am one of those people that will always have those ever changing hair moments. But as mm-hmm. a kid, I distinctly remember working at a movie theater where I would color my hair. I was living in Chicago. I color my hair. I wanted it to be red, like Superman red. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I got fire, it. Like, fire engine red. Fire engine red, yes. And I got it for like a day or two, but then it, it sort of faded out because I didn't do it professionally, obviously. And so it, I became pink and I became mm-hmm. the definition of gay yeah. hair. Just sitting yeah. there, my fattest fuck self in a in a vest. I would wear vests at work because I thought it looked slimming on me. And I became my nickname was Vesty. And I was this vest wearing pink haired faggot. And I was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love Oh my good. God. Yeah. That's so mall rats. Mm-hmm. I was very yeah, yeah, without being cool. I was not cool. But yes, yes, <laughs> it was very mall ratsy. <laughs> but I'm I'm glad I'm glad we all feel comfortable in our own hair now, even though I'm starting to get anxious about like a little bit of a receding hairline. Don't that's be. not a receding but hairline. That's not receding at all. For another time. That's, that's not a receding hairline, Brian. <laughs> that's for another episode. Close up in the zoom, y'all. <laughs> it's a Z-way moment. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? Does Elliot really heat up his nipple clamps? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know if one heats them up or not anyway. <laughs> well, I would imagine that they're cold. You know better than I do. Elliot, I don't I would know. I really don't. <laughs> um, my aunt Joanne would say, you know, Jews don't actually, the only Jews that wear those d- dirty underwears are the has- the hostages and I don't go near them. <laughs> We're at war. Uh, how about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, you know what's straight culture? Gay Mormon underwear. That's what that is. Stay, <laughs> the, 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 I'm, I screwed it up. I'm making it worse. I'm sorry. Just, I, what, I, love I get it. All. I get it. I get I it. I love her. I love well, thanks her. for listening and uh, uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. I'm Elliot Glazer. Yeah, that's right. I'm Brent Sullivan. 
And I am Elliot Glazer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>